Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Paz IM Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining, Jeremy Dunn, and Jack McEnroe. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Paz IM Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining. Tonight, my co-host is Jack McEnroff. Jack, how you doing this evening? I'm a bit better, but I'm I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> Fighting a little yeah. cold. Well, yeah, it's like the it's like it's the cough that won't die. So I basically I went out to L.A. and then I got back on the 12th, and I've been sick ever, sick ever since. So I feel fine, except for that I just have this cough. It's really annoying. So. Um, but yeah, I'm good. <coughs> it's pretty. That's good. That's good. <laughs> so what's going on with you? I love your HIV plus cover. That's very nice. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, I was really excited about it. Um, for people who don't know, um, if you guys subscribe to the magazine or not, you can actually now do it online and get it in your email. Um, HIV plus is a magazine. Uh, Jack's been on the cover, I think, a few times, Twice. haven't you? Twice. Yeah, twice. <laughs> This is the first time, weren't you just naked in your, like, uh, fabric or something? Yeah, that was right after Project Runway, and that was, I was basically, yeah. I tend, that tended to happen. I don't know. Photographers take my clothes off, so whatever. If you got it, flaunt it, right? I guess. Yeah, if I'm in this bed much longer, I'm not going to have it anymore. I need to get back to the gym. So what else is new? Is it freezing cold there? Um, it's actually, it was nice the last couple of days in the forties. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been nice here too. It's been like, it was like 55 or something. And the snow's all like, I can actually see my lawn again. Excellent. Yeah. It's, it's, it's there's nothing going on here. And then I have to say, I was chatting with you in the chat room earlier. I'm going to on the 20, what is it? Saturday, the 27th, February 27th, I'm going to. Um, North Carolina. So that's where Jeremy's. He's based in Charlotte, I believe. Correct. Mhm. Mhm. And uh, I'm doing an event there. Uh, it's called. You can actually go to. Um, it's AIDSCareService.org. I'll put it in the chat room now. Um, and it's uh, their big AIDS service organization, and they've had charity events all month called Dinner with Friends, and um, there's the big final gala called Dessert with Friends, and you can buy a ticket if you're in the North Carolina area um, on that website, AIDS, 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 what is it, AIDSCareService.org. But anyways, yeah, they're, um, Haynes is sponsoring it, and they're doing like a fashion show, and then the top 15 get to do like, they make stuff out of Haynes stuff and vintage clothes, and it's kind of cute, sounds kind of cute, so I'm speaking there, and I'm judging, I'm picking the winner, I guess, of the fashion show, so, so yeah, I get to meet Jeremy in the flesh. That's exciting. I haven't met him yet. He's on my yeah. list, but I don't seem to go south. I always seem to go north. Yeah, well, I mean, I've been to North Carolina once. I think I was in Raleigh. So, I mean, I don't really know anything about it, so he'll have to show me around. <laughs> <laughs> I drove through to, like, south of the border where they have the big uh, concession stands and everything where you stay for hotels. A lot of people stay there, like, halfway to Florida. Okay. And it's, like, a big yeah. draw. That's, like, the only time I've ever been in North Carolina. Right on. <laughs> is my signal okay? Is my signal okay? You sound kind of. Is my signal okay? My cell phone. Because you sound kind of weird. Yeah, you sound. You sound fine to me, but if you want to try calling back, I hear a little echo, but not bad. Yeah, I'll call back. So bring the guest on, and I'll call right back. Okay. Okay. And tonight, folks. Yep. Go ahead. Um, three months. We are here every Sunday at nine o'clock. Um, tonight, our guest is Academy Award-nominated producer Mark Smallwood, and he will be speaking about a project he is working on called the HIV Story Project. And you can find more information about the project at www.hivstoryproject.org. So I'm going to bring Jack back on. Yo. And I'm going to bring Mark back on. Mark, welcome to the show. Hi there. How are you? Hey, Mark. Good, how are you? 
I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's really a, a, a pleasure to be here with you. We're excited. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how, how should so, um, we like to get started? Uh, well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So, well, my name is Mark Smolowitz, and I'm a producer and director based in San Francisco. I've been working in the independent film industry for about 20 years. And most of my track record has been producing documentaries. Um, a couple of documentaries I'm well known for are The Weather Underground, which was actually uh, nominated for an Academy Award in 2004. And prior to that, um, an LGBT documentary called Trembling Before God, which has to do with um, orthodox issues within the very, very religious Jewish community, LGBT issues. And both of those were, were reasonably successful feature documentaries. And I've also cool. done a lot of filmmaking in the not-for-profit space and you know, locally in San Francisco, the last number of years, I've been very involved with a number of public health nonprofits, really, really more as a kind of a community volunteer, sort of helping with public service announcements, helping with web strategy, helping with the use of online video. And okay. so the kind of progression of my sort of personal professional interest with you know, understanding new technologies and using social networking and social media has really put me in a pretty good position to sort of help nonprofits. And, and that's really what what this project, the HIV Story Project, is, is ultimately, you know, the spirit of it came out of that, um, that interest was to help um, Bay Area HIV AIDS agencies, um, you know, use media and marketing and messaging to, to be more effective. Um, so to kind of give you some context, you know, when, um, a colleague of my, my colleague, York Fokula, who's the project director of this endeavor, um, about a year or so ago, I mean, you know, it was becoming pretty clear that, that with the economic downturn, that the first, the first, you know, what happens with nonprofits, as you know, is that they have to scale back and focus entirely on core services, right? right. So with HIV and AIDS stuff, we were seeing a, you know, pretty troubling trend here in San Francisco that media and marketing and messaging was really going out the window. And we were also troubled by the fact that, that so many of the websites that we were encountering in the public health space just were not really supporting interactive storytelling, not really effective at using video, and I myself, as someone who you know engages with HIV agencies, you know, being HIV positive, getting services, I really wanted to help them sort of you know be more useful for people, you know, from all perspectives with regard to HIV. And a number of nonprofits approached us and said, you know, well, we would like to you know understand how we could get a good good quality you know video on our website. And when we started to really kind of dig into this conversation with a few very very interesting nonprofits here, we realized it was a much bigger opportunity to do something much more comprehensive and much more helpful. And so this really sort of scaled up um, pretty quickly over 2009, and uh, it's now emerged as, as a pretty clear three-part storytelling project. And um, the first part is um, it's a short film compilation. So we're actually commissioning 20 short films um, from Bay Area filmmakers here in, you know, here in the San Francisco Bay Area, and these range from, you know, emerging directors to very established award-winning filmmakers. And we're matching them with 20 people who are living with HIV and AIDS, you know, here in 2010. And we're, they're collaborating, and we're producing original short films. And ultimately, we, we envision that being a short film compilation that, that is treated and presented like a feature film that has a wraparound and sort of really is a, you know, it, ha it will have every genre. It will have documentary, narrative, experimental. It will have music and dance films animation, really anything you can imagine we're, we're supporting and, and, and uh, giving, giving our attention and resources to these filmmakers. And then alongside that, we're, we're in the process of building a strategy to, to have a very, um, very robust new media website. And what we hope, you know, what I've seen a lot of, and I'm sure you guys have seen this as well, is that oftentimes web campaigns for HIV stuff they tend to be, they have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And then, and then the websites don't attract much visitors. You know, they don't really have traffic. So right. we want to become almost like a new media pipe, if you will, where we can aggregate online videos from all around the world and really showcase them. I mean, if you can imagine maybe, you know, like an interactive world map, and you could sort of click on a continent, you could drill deeper into a country, and within that country you could, you know, uh, get acquainted with some of the top HIV AIDS organizations that are producing different kinds of videos and audio podcasts, and we would help to kind of aggregate all that different content out there. 
And then the third component, which is the thing we're really so excited about because it's, it's actually um, unfolding pretty, pretty quickly here in San Francisco, is we're, we're going to be building and showcasing a new public media installation in the Castro during Pride Month in 2010. And it's going to be very much like an interactive storytelling booth where people will come in and engage with each other sort of um, using interactive video tools. And we're tentatively calling that um, installation Generations HIV. And the spirit of that discussion is really about getting people from all backgrounds to sort of engage with each other depending on when they, were, you know, when they entered the AIDS crisis. So we really want to get the generations you know, before HIV and AIDS, the generations from the 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s, and the youngest out there today kind of talking to each other. And they, almost like when we were kids and we would play telephone, and you would sort of start with one conversation, and you could sort of see the, you know, how the story would evolve by the end of the game, right? Right. So the, the booth itself would be very web ready, and would be a really, you know, I'm, from my perspective, I'm I'm seeing it kind of like a new media version of the AIDS quilt, like a very robust, real time, you know, video video storytelling model. And we hope to, you know, to use this booth um, in a very interesting way, moving it around initially the Bay Area, then around the state of California, and then around the nation. And all of these activities are being developed with the 30th anniversary of HIV in mind for next year. So 2011, wow. as the, you know, as the kind of unofficial anniversary of HIV, 30th anniversary, HIV, while it wasn't called HIV in 1981, the first signs of HIV were formally reported in the media in, in 1981. We're expecting a lot of um, opportunities around marketing and co-branded sponsorships, and, and then we see this as really, really an opportunity to enter into a global conversation, and we, wanna, we want San Francisco, which has always been sort of on the leading edge of the epidemic, to really be in, in conversation with the world. You know, we want, we want to showcase you know, what we're working on here, but we want to be able to have that showcase be two-way and truly interactive, and, and, and we're, we're very excited. We're very excited. So, so that's the three components. I should probably let you guys ask some other questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, lo we, we, we love a guest that talks, and, and we don't have to pull anything out of you. It's really good. Thank you, Jack. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, so you're in the Bay Area. You're aiming for the third component, the, the video interactive stuff, to be kind of ready to go by Pride, which would be the summer, right? Right, right. So what's you're actually speaking to me on a very exciting night because our official short films productions begin this Tuesday. So the first of the 20 shorts are starting here in the Bay Area. So we have a, we have our first shoots on Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, um, the following week. We were actually we um, enrolled a very successful DP from Berlin, Germany, to come with us to do most most of our shooting. And so I think between now and then and you know what I would say is the end of March. We will be in production on the first seven shorts, and they're a wonderful cross-section of Bay Area stories. And, and the way that we identified these stories was very much in partnership with Bay Area nonprofits. So, so organizations are already on board, and they got on board very early, and they helped with outreach and recruitment. And now these wow. stories have been developed, and we've matched those people with filmmakers, and then we sort of let them go at it. And now we're supporting them by bringing all the crew and the gear and the the resources into play, and it's, it's going to be a very dynamic couple of weeks. And we hope to have a number of short films ready for the three major gay and lesbian film festivals in June and July, um, uh, New York, San Francisco, and Los Angeles Outfest. So, so fingers crossed that all will go well with that timeline. And we feel like that will be a good sort of teaser, if you will, for the short film compilation. You know, we feel like we, um, what we're really emphasizing with the short films is, is you know, very high quality and production values because we, we want this to be more than, uh, more than just sort of talking heads. We want this to be the kind of storytelling that can actually, you know, find a home, you know, across all different sorts of distribution channels. So the, the short film focus is really one of, of uh, higher uh, budget value and quality, you know, when we can achieve that. Most of our shooting is in HD and multiple camera and, you know, using interesting locations and whatnot. But then we are going to have another. The website will be, you know, will be much more open to showcasing you know, different kinds of online videos. Um, some which we will originate, and some which we'll aggregate. And we're also hoping to have um, online video competitions um, in partnership with different organizations. I, I mean, we've been pretty, um, you know, pretty deliberate about positioning our project out on the social media sphere. You know, we have a very active Facebook page. We already have over 700 fans on Facebook, and we're 
very active on Twitter, and I know and Robert's been very um, helpful with sort of promoting our efforts, so thank you so much for that. And we barely, yeah, thank you. We've barely begun to, to, to build our own web property, and we're seeing so much interest. I mean, I, I myself and Jorg have been, we've been approached from filmmakers in Ireland, in South Africa, in New Zealand, in, in Sao Paulo, Brazil, in Hong Kong. And I think it really speaks to the fact that there is just so much interest right now. You know, as HIV becomes, you know, a much more manageable disease for people all around the world, there's a real shift in perception that we have a new sort of in, um, iteration to the storytelling that we need to support everywhere. You know, there's just a real compelling reason to, um, to be doing this, and, and we're, the um, kind of response we've been getting is, is, um, is pretty, pretty encouraging to us. Well, I have to say, like, just the scope, I mean, I, I did obviously did a little homework before we talked to you, but just this, I mean, I'm really realizing the scope of and the ambition that you there's a huge ambitious, ambitious project, and it's really, you know, I commend you for that. It's like it sounds like you're just really thinking globally before, you know, a lot of people start small and start with, like, something that they can really wrap their head around, but it's like it sounds like you thought of something really global and interactive and just started from there and just took the leap, so that's very impressive. Well, thank you. I mean, I think, I think nowadays, you know, it, it behooves any endeavor to really think about, well, what can we do very locally? What can we do sort of in partnership, and what can you do? I mean, the, the, the technologies that are available to us are really, you know, quite affordable and available for us to cultivate these storytelling modules. And I feel like, you know, if we're smart, we can build a platform that is very scalable and can really become a go-to storytelling hub and, and one that whereby if we're, you know, if we're smart, we don't even have to worry about it. You know, it will manage itself. You know, conversations will unfold. They will kind of carve out into different areas of interest and subgroups. I mean, there's so many different um, different concerns here, right? Different countries have different ways of you know, dealing with public health strategy, with, with prevention, with education, with treatment. And hopefully, the, the, you know, the, the idea of using the web in this very interactive way with quality stories being showcased will, will create a, a haven for, you know, for, for quality and meaningful discussions that um, – that can help organizations everywhere. The other piece I'm, I'm excited about is that, you know, we formed our own nonprofit organization here, and part of the, the mission and vision of that organization is actually to work with, with local organizations and train them in media production. So this goes back to that original impulse I was talking about in the beginning of the call, where when we, we saw a real need that a lot of the agencies just don't have the, the money or the wherewithal to continue you know, producing content when content is the way that they can engage with, with all these different audiences that are essential, be they the pharmaceutical companies or their donors and supporters, be it legislative people in policy area, you know, be it people that they need to train who, you know, provide services for their clients, their clients themselves, their staff, their volunteers. There's just, there's so many different folks that benefit from understanding how to make media with such a media, you know, media culture now. I mean, it's every twist and turn of our, of, our, of our day is interacting with some form of content. And, and I think, you know, if we can support HIV AIDS agencies in San Francisco to ex sort of experiment with this stuff, we hope to showcase it. And then maybe um, HIV agencies in other cities can replicate it, learn from it, you know, learn from our mistakes if we make them and, and improve upon what we, what we do, you know, what we do successfully. Now, Mark, was, was, you, 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 know, you were producing before, and your films weren't really basically around um, the HIV factor. So I'm asking, wondering is, you know, like since becoming HIV positive and that diagnosis, do you think that that has kind of, you know, pushed you in that direction because you saw a lack of it already out there? Like, you know what I mean? Like there wasn't this kind of resource that you needed, and you wanted to create that resource. You know, I, I think I think it's sort of you know a little bit of that. I mean, I you know I've always been interested in quality storytelling, and I've always had a kind of a you know interest in in marginalized communities and diverse communities, and kind of giving voice to those type of stories. Mm -hmm. And my whole film career has been around that kind of interest. So, you know, you know, I've certainly been working in and around LGBT storytelling and content, you know, all of my career, um, and that's always been an interest and a highlight and a focus. Um, and, and, I, and I certainly think that when you're, you know, you're doing independent filmmaking, your personal experience does inform 
you know, the choices you make and where you want to align yourself and where you want to, you know, work 16 hours a day to kind of raise money and make stuff happen for. Um, I, you know, I, I mean, kind of alongside of this project, I'm, all, I'm producing another feature documentary that has to do with organ donation and organ transplant. And so I always like to say that I have my, my red ribbon project and my green ribbon project. Sort of, there's sort of, you know, I mean, I, I am very interested in sort of, you know, public health issues. And I see, I mean, look at all that's going on in our own country around health reform and how difficult that is to really push forward. And so I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm at a stage of my career where if I'm, if I'm fortunate enough to be able to make, make the kind of creative decisions that I, that I get to make to where I want to put my energy into good projects, I'm going to do it where I feel like I can have the most impact. Um, the whole notion of, of um, kind of documentary filmmaking being aligned with social issues or a call to action, that is what makes me most excited to go to work every day. So this is, a, you know, whether, whether it be HIV or AIDS or organ donation or whatever else might, you know, kind of emerge as interesting or relevant from, you know, for me in the, you know, the next couple of years, I, this, is, this is sort of a trajectory that I've chosen deliberately and, and that notion of working around content that has a call to action. I love working with nonprofit organizations. I love being able to help them be more successful. You know, I feel like they, you know, I've benefited from, you know, from good services and I want to be able to give back to the community. And so if I can merge some of my filmmaking interests and, you know, with all these different elements, then that, that gives me, you know, a, that makes me feel good about going to work every day. And I think that, that it's, much, it's much more possible now than ever, if you have a, an understanding of these new technologies, you can actually, you know, communicate with your audience, you know, very early on. You know, you can be developing an idea, you can test it, and you can really see what people think. You know, the, you know 10 years ago, you know, it was, you know, when you were making a film that you were hoping to premiere at a major film festival, you know, it was like a big secret. You know, you were sort of in the background doing this thing where you showed it to very few people. You were very cautious about showing it to distributors or film festivals because it was this, you know, the, the notion of keep it close to the sleeve until the world premiere. And right. nowadays, it's really shifted where you can actually showcase your process with much more open confidence. I think that's a very healthy, healthy shift in the, in the way the entertainment business is sort of allowing creative people to sort of find their voice. Um, I think, you know, there's been this huge shift on the web where, you know, media is more democratic, but one of the things that I always emphasize is quality, quality, quality. We don't need a, a lot of really bad videos about HIV. You know? <laughs> I, want, I mean, I want this stuff to be watchable, entertaining, and, and engaging for people. It has to have, you know, it has to have some some vision and some creativity. And, and so I feel like, you know, it's one thing to have the tools available. It's another thing to be able to know how to use them and put them into play. I think that HIV AIDS organizations are just rich with storytelling potential. And with the right mentorship and training, we can help them be as innovative as any filmmaker out there, you know, and really help. And, and even if their audience is very local or their audience is very, you know, global on the web, they can, they can do stuff that is a, uh, is, is very impactful nowadays. So, so I guess that was a long answer to say yes, sort of. And <laughs> yes, <sometimes> no. <laughs> yes, sort of, not really. All of the above. Go ahead, Robert. The project is, um, itself is going to showcase 20 um, HIV-positive individuals with diverse wow. stories. Have you already um, chosen those, tw those 20 people, or are you looking for people to submit stories to you? Sure. So that's a great question. So we are, uh, you know, the San Francisco Bay Area component is actively in process, and I would say that I, I want to say about 13 or 14 are, are completely selected, and the first 20 are, are very much focusing on Bay Area uh, uh, productions and Bay Area stories. But what we're seeing here is that we want to develop something that we can replicate in other cities, and we want to experiment with broadening out how, how this model can, can be used in other cities. I think, you know, right now the focus is Bay Area stories, and, and, you know, that's kind of where we need to put our energy because it's no small endeavor even to produce these, these first round of 20 shorts. But I can really see this almost, almost like a franchise, if you will. You know, that's, that's the one word that comes to mind, where, you know, cities like Miami and Chicago and, you know, Dallas, you know, all have, you know, their own local milieu of storytelling, and we could sort of crowdsource, you know, 
you know, very diverse and interesting nonprofit organizations with local filmmakers and local people living with HIV. And even if it's just one, two, or three, or four shorts that come out of this, you know, an experiment locally in all these different cities, wouldn't that be such a wonderfully creative process for local communities to engage in? Totally. So I think, I think it, yeah, I think in a, in a long view, in the long-term vision, you know, we, we, our nonprofit that we've, you know, we've filed and we're, you know, getting a 501c3 and all that good stuff, you know, we'll work on those kind of um, partnerships in different cities. And, and, and you know, promotion and, and marketing opportunities like this talk show are exactly how we can begin to, you know, put the feelers out there. So if you're, you know, you're listening to this and you're HIV positive or you work for an HIV AIDS agency in a city that is not San Francisco, New York, or L.A., and you have some context for what I'm talking about, you know, this is, this is a model that we hope to, you know, I, I see it like it could be a cookie-cutter formula. You, you know, take it, what works in, in the big city, take it elsewhere, and, you know, implement it, um, you know, with, with, you know, with the sort of local um, partnerships that could make it, help to make sure it's successful. So, so you're only look, basically looking, just real quick, sorry. I just want to make sure I, I clear this up right. Um, so you're looking for people, but only for people who are in the San Francisco Bay Area for this project now, right? Right, right, exactly. I mean, one of the for, for the original short film compilation that we're currently working on this year, that's a, it, it's focused on on local production here in the right. Bay Area. But okay, I but I want to make sure that you're looking. Yes. Oh, yes. We're looking. We're looking. Okay. I mean, okay. It, it's interesting. I mean, you know. But that said, you know, there's all kinds of ways for people to seep into this. You know, um, this experiment from who are not from the area, right? Because we're working with a DP who's coming in from Germany. You know, we have a lot. We've been talking with various talent agencies in Los Angeles about ways that other other folks inside mainstream entertainment who have a, an interest in this cause can align with our endeavors. I mean, we don't. We, we're definitely not interested in isolating the, the production of these shorts. We are interested in in energizing our local film economy. You know, as an independent film economy. I think um, that you know, San Francisco oftentimes. Um, it has sort of fits and starts with respect to its independent film industry. And uh, I think we're actually in a currently, you know, reasonably productive period. There, um, the NBC series Trauma is, is in, based here and is, a lot of people are working. And there's this kind of sense of production and production activity going on in town, which is always very, uh, feels good for the local film community. So, so our interest is, you know, to kind of do, the, you know, it's an economic development activity, right, to produce 20 shorts here, right? Like that, the the right. film commission is aware of us. They're, they're pleased that we're trying to do this. And I think it can be the same kind of experiment in other cities as well. And, and you could see, you know, all kinds of uh, partners being excited to experiment with this model. Um, hopefully, if we do it right, we'll just, you know, we, it'll be like a package that we can really help implement elsewhere. And I, and I do see our website, you know, which we hope to go live with this spring, being a really, you know, fairly immediate hub for online video competitions. And that, in that sense, you know, this could be about HIV storytelling from anywhere, right, in any language, in any culture, if we, if we, um, if we build this and promote it correctly. So, so for those people who are listening and, you know, are out there making their own video content and, and, and even audio content, we, we want to be a hub for both audio and video. You know, so I, I encourage them to stay tuned and to kind of be watching how our, how our website evolves because I could see us having a, you know, kind of call for entries or call for content, um, you know, definitely as this year unfolds where we could help um, showcase uh, different online videos that are, you know, being originated in different places. So how can people – I posted in the chat rooms, the uh, Facebook and the Twitter, but can you just um, – let people know, the listeners that aren't in the chat room, how they could get a hold of you or um, follow sure, you sure. and all that stuff. Please, absolutely. So, I mean, I think the two best places to really connect in the near term are on Facebook and Twitter. So it's very easy. It's facebook.com slash HIV Story Project. And then it's twitter.com slash HIV Story Project. And those, I think you'll see that, um, you know, if you become a fan or if you begin to follow on Twitter, um, you'll see a pretty, um, you know, sort of steady flow of really interesting original posts and aggregated posts that we're trying to kind of, we're really, you know, we're sort of, you know, we want to be a curatorial eye for people on the web. So we're, we're trying to locate, you know, all the different sources of quality storytelling that are out there in every country and every language already. So we've really sort of, you know, charged ourselves with the task of, of you know, of almost a, 
you know, curating that for people so they can find stuff in, you know, uh, quite easily. If we, you know, pre-selecting the content, so at least at least to point people to it, so we can sort of, because we're trying to catalog what's out there, so we know for ourselves, like, you know, where are the other interesting storytelling experiments happening around HIV and AIDS? And there are some, and we showcase them, you know, on on our Facebook and Twitter feeds. And and as a result, I mean, it's it's been a, a, amazing to see how quickly people are are following us back and promoting us uh, in kind. Um, our website is really, you know, I, for what it's worth, it's, it's definitely a placeholder, you know, web page for the time being. That just kind of announces the project, but but we are building it right now, and um, it's, uh, you know, it's it's meant when it, when it, when it will be launched, I think it will um, it will showcase, you know, all of our short films, and it will begin to also showcase uh, the content that we're finding out there, and we look for, we're looking for other content partners who want to you know want to be showcased on our website when it's launched. So, and I'm I'm constantly out there looking for for new content, and I and I think uh, you know a great what's great about these social media networks is that they you know we're finding people are pointing us to interesting things you know almost daily. So it, it goes right. to show that there is stuff out there. No, I think that's the amazing thing, and Robert's, of course, very tapped into social networking and all that stuff, but it's just amazing how quickly something can exponentially amplify, like, through mm-hmm. just all, through the Internet. My question to you, I'm just curious about how long you have been working on this, because it sounds like the scope of the project is huge, and you must have, like, a, a lot of people working on it, and how long, when when did this idea sure. kind of it is, start? It actually officially launched the project in June of 2009, so uh, during during the Frameline LGBT Film Festival here in San Francisco, we had a big party and we sort of celebrated our you know our official announcement that we were doing this. And and through the summer, fall, and winter, we have been you know steadily scaling this up on you know um, both res- with respect to fundraising and getting filmmakers and subjects on board, uh, forming our community partnerships. Um, and it's I think given I mean you know we have a very very nice. And talented team of people um, who are working with us. So it's myself as the executive producer. Um, Jorg Fokola is the project director. But outside of that, we have a, a steering committee of folks who represent, you know, key HIV/AIDS organizations here in the Bay Area, as well as other important skill sets that we feel we need to be successful. You know, like marketing, like fundraising, and you know, we have a, you know very you know competent and capable entertainment lawyer who's helped us with the uh, filing of our nonprofit organization. We'll soon have our own board of directors. And we are building up an infrastructure around this. You know, I, I myself have, have formed other both for-profit and non-profit businesses in the past, so I've, I'm familiar with these steps. And so if, if, you, you know, if you have a good idea and you can, you know, sort of get people excited, you know, the, I mean, I think it's, you know, we've, we've seen the need and so people are really excited to help. Um, we've had a number of fundraising parties here in San Francisco, and, and given that we've been able to raise a little bit of money in, you know, in, a, in tough economic times, shows me that we're on to something, you know, that we are, you know, we're tapping into something which connects with people. The other thing I wanted to share was that, you know, speaking about this storytelling booth, the idea of the public media installation, the reason why we landed on that as being a high priority is that we really felt like, you know, we didn't want this to be all about new technology. We wanted, we wanted this to have a kind of, you know, a really offline street-level component whereby people could convene together, you know, and um, at the community level and collaborate on storytelling. And it seemed like, well, the booth will be very interactive and, and technology, you know, savvy in how it's designed. The experience of how we'll, how we'll actually showcase it during Pride Month is going to be all about Pride Month, right? So you can imagine that the booth will, you know, will be hosted, you know, somewhere in the Castro over maybe 10 or 15 days, and every day we hope that different nonprofits will come through, you know, in sort of scheduled, you know, chunks of time, and and use the booth as a place for their, you know, their clients or their volunteers or their, you know, their staff to participate in this storytelling experiment. I was. Um, I was at some meetings like last year about sort of um, marketing and messaging around HIV prevention, and it was you know different groups of gay men sort of asked, being asked different questions, and you know I, some interesting comments you know sort of came out of like you know older gay men who were over 55 and younger and younger gay men who were under 25, and the older gay men felt very isolated and sort of talked about you know that there was no. Um, no open discussion about HIV or the or the pandemic anymore. And then the younger younger men who were under 25 said, 
what are you talking about? All we do is talk about this. <laughs> it's every every open and report. It's all it's all ads for HIV and AIDS related drugs. You know, every article is about you know whether we should or shouldn't be barebacking. You know, I mean, they, they felt like you you've got to be kidding. How can you say there's not public discussion? And and my takeaway was it, that that the generations have been somehow siloed, you know, inadvertently by the services that we offered to them. So you don't have a lot of interaction in terms of the conversation that's, that's being supported. And we felt like, well, why not do a storytelling booth where you could, you know, get people talking to each other? So it, for, in the booth, like our, our, our fantasy is that you would come in regardless. Let's say, you, let's say you're Generation X like me. I'm 41 years old. So you would, I would, Generation X, you would sit down, you know, in a very easy sort of touchscreen interface. You would identify maybe your date of birth, your, your year of birth or the generation you align with, and you would get to pose a question to a different generation or answer a question from a different generation. You know, I mean, we're still sort of, you know, playing with the, with the structure of it, but, but I don't really, I'm not interested in creating a booth just for people to come in and, and, and simply tell their story, but rather be in conversation with each other, you know, and really sort of collecting that, that interaction. So, so we hope that the offline piece will will be very robust, and if it goes well, it will move around to other cities. You know, all of this stuff is only possible with the incredible help of the organizations that are already doing amazing work in San Francisco Bay Area, you know, around HIV and AIDS. So we are, you know, we are honoring what they already do. We're supporting them, and we really are co-branding with them. And that's and, and we know that. We we need their help in order to be successful. There's no HIV story project without those organizations at the table. It's interesting that you mentioned that about the kind of perspective from different generations because, I mean, I think there's probably a different perspectives within those perspectives because I hear all the time mm -hmm. that there's these, even from the younger generation that they don't feel that we have those conversations anymore and that the stigma is like to be in the closet and not talk about it and I think part of that is maybe coming from, I mean, this is I'm the same age as you, so um, right. the fact that we live through being inundated with HIV and AIDS on the news all the time because, you know, people were dying right and left, and it was, it's much different now. And so I think people see one or two ads in their local gay newspaper that, you know, mention HIV, and they're like, oh, people are talking about it all the time, but, you know, it's not like it was. So that's Right, right. No, I I mean, it's, it's, it, we're, we're entering into, I think, a new phase, right? And it was very, very interesting. So, you know, with all the activity that we've generated here and, and the interest and the buzz, I was very fortunate. I got invited to a lunch with, um, with Dr. John Greenspan and Dr. John Levy at, um, at, and Dr. Jay Levy at UCSF. And Jay Levy was part of one of the original cohorts in the early mid-'80s that was isolated the HIV virus and, you know, very, you know, very early on, you know, sort of um, dealing with the epidemic and, you know, in the roughest, you know, onslaught of it. And Dr. Greenspan heads up, you know, UCSF's AIDS Research Institute, which, you know, basically leads globally on, on AIDS-related research, you know, in the new century. And, it, you know, speaking with them about this project, you know, they, they, you know, they were so impressed by the notion of using the web and using the storytelling booth because they felt like what was really going to click for people was if they could you know, be in conversation with each other and that that was somehow a moderated or facilitated conversation that, that was ongoing, you know, with all different perspectives in the room. And so, I mean, it, it's so funny because, you know, we, we, we find ourselves in different kinds of chat rooms all the time, but if, if, there, if, if the conversations often don't go anywhere unless they're being moderated or, or facilitated in a helpful manner. Right. I'm hoping that we can just sort of help and give people the structure and and maybe um, give them the, the framework to have these conversations. I, I my sense is that there's all kinds of conversations going on everywhere. It's just that they're so isolated from each other. Um, it, you know, it's just, it's strangely isolated and connected time that we live in. You know, um, and technology is, is sort of uh, involved in supporting both of those experiences when it comes. No, to I, I totally agree. I was actually just thinking today. I, I haven't been involved in Twitter in a really long time because it was just became really all-consuming, and I found that I was all-consuming, but at the same time, I did nothing. Sure. <laughs> so um, I, 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 I was thinking about it the other day, and I actually just posted one little tweet, and like 10 people responded, and I was like, you know, it's weird how it's simultaneously connecting and totally isolating. Like, I find that I have less 
much many more virtual friends and acquaintances and fewer real <laughs> friends that I see on a regular basis. It's really it's odd. It's very true. <laughs> yeah. I think anything that our project can do to help, you know, create community is is the spirit of the project. You know, we um you know, it I, I think that, that that good films, you know, good good web experience, you know, good social networking, the best of that stuff does create community. And people, people you know, they, they crave community interaction of all kinds. And, and there's so many folks that are impacted you know, by HIV and AIDS, you know, in 2010 that the, the diversity of, of the content is bound to be apparent, you know, just, just from the folks who might chime in. Um, you know, we're, 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 try, we're, we're hopeful that this will not be you know, sort of just an LGBT-centric, you know, storytelling model. You know, we really want to be as broad as we can. We have some, we have some, you know, sort of straight participants, you know, in the mix in the first 20 shorts. We have, we're trying to be as representative as we can with regards to class and race and gender and, you know, all the above and more. And, you know, that's no small task, but we're committed to that. And, right. and um, you know, and we know that HIV AIDS organizations struggle with that themselves. And, and the way that they've, that they've, manage to be effective in delivering services is by being very specialized. So you have this phenomenon where, you know, the trans community is getting, you know, health-related HIV stuff, you know, targeted to trans, by trans, for trans. And, and while that's great, though, those services are being delivered, you don't often have trans in conversation with African-American in Oakland, you know, or, in, right. you know, or, I mean, I'm being very generic, but you see my point, right? So, right. so I do think that some of this conversation model that we're talking about with, that brings together film with web, with, you know, offline experiments and community building has potential to get different folks talking to each other. Um, I'll, I'll, you know, recently, back in, um, I guess it was May of 2009, and this was right when we were beginning to decide about this project, whether we were going to go forward with it or not to announce it, you know, um, there was uh, Governor Schwarzenegger in California was, uh, there was big talk about him cutting ADAP, right? Right. And, um, and there, was a ma there was major social action plan in Sacramento, and I hadn't, you know, I hadn't found myself at a political action of that kind in many, many years. I mean, I've been so busy with my career and, and trying, to, trying to do impactful work in the context of my, you know, my, my filmmaking work and otherwise, and, you know, lots of other, like, involvements on boards. But suddenly I decided, you know what, I'm going to go, and I'm going to get on that bus, and I'm going to go to Sacramento. And it was an amazing day. And there we were on, the, on this bus, and it was largely, you know, made possible through, you know, a number of HIV AIDS agencies that came together and, you know, arranged for all the logistics, got the buses to Sacramento. And there were just these few ancillary people on the bus, you know, who, you know, you could just, that were, you know, not a part of the mix, you know, of the mainstream of the, even the HIV, you know, prevention, treatment, education network, but you knew that they were on ADAP and that if their ADAP was cut, they were going to lose access to their meds and that this was, you know, absolutely essential that they fight for that for themselves as well as the people in their, in their community. And I, I just thought to myself, you know what, it is so important that we do the HIV Story Project because this woman across from me on the bus doesn't have, still in 2010 still doesn't have anyone speaking for her, <laughs> you know, and, it's, and we're still, even, even in this wonderfully open time where it seems like so much conversation is possible, there's all these folks that are not, you know, being advocated for, and I, and I, and I guess, you know, in that sense, I, I do believe that filmmaking and entertainment, you know, does have a, an advocacy role, and I, and I, I mean, when it, to me, when entertainment really works, it, 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 it educates people and it advocates for, for social change, and you know, I'm not really heavy-handed. You know, that's not my approach in terms of how I get my message across. But, but I think if you if you engage with people and you you know, you, there's this sort of uh, human element from you know from from soup to nuts and how you make stuff happen. You know, that's that's you, you can make a difference with this stuff. Well, I think another great thing about the approach that you're taking is a lot of times, you know one-on-one -on -one discussion face-to-face -face for people a lot of times, especially around HIV and AIDS, is difficult for a lot of people in different situations. I mean, obviously, the three of us are quite comfortable discussing it openly, but there's a lot of people that aren't. Right. And I think you're, you know, sort of using multimedia and different, you know, aspects of the Internet and giving people a platform to speak about it, and, you know, in chat rooms and all that stuff, cause, you know, they can go as far as they want to with visibility as far as they're comfortable. So I think that's really great. Have you run into personally, like, the issue of stigma and people not wanting to be public, and how has that affected you and what you're doing? You know, I guess I have. I mean, I think, you know, it, it, I, I, that, 
you know, I, I see that playing out, you know, time and again in different at different stages of my own experience. Um, you know, and I, I, I've had that personal experience, you know, I, I, in, in not that many years ago, I want to say maybe I, maybe like, you know, 2004, 2005, I found myself single again and out dating and, you know, was sort of, you know, at, you know, at a bar and, you know, and, and some, you know, a bunch of guys hanging out, talking, laughing, drinking and being social and, you know, and some, somehow I got on the subject of, you know, of, of people being HIV and some, you know, someone said, oh, you can always tell when they're HIV just by looking at their face. You know, and I was like, uh, hello, look at my face. <laughs> you know, it was one of those moments of, you know, you can't always tell by looking at people's face, you know, and, and you know, that, that sort of, you know, and that that was right in my own neighborhood, quote, unquote, you know, um, among my peers and people who, you know, are supposedly educated. And, and so, you know, and so it is, you know, I've had those, you know, those, you know, ridiculous interactions where you just think, oh, my God, am I going to call this out and, have to educate someone, you know, something very basic, and you know, I more often than not, I'll choose to, you know, and 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 address it in the moment. Um, and you know, I don't, you know, I don't, you know, personally, you know, I mean, I, I guess you know, it's interesting. I, you know, I think about someone like yourself, Jack, and I wonder, like, is this all you talk about because this was the the way you entered the public landscape, and or it was substantially the way you did? And I have a feeling it's probably not all you talk about or all you think about or or even all that you know you want to develop for yourself in terms of the work that you do. And and while it is important, and you you've done this incredible thing by becoming sort of a public messenger of of, of important conversations, you know, this isn't the only conversation that I want to have. I see myself as a community leader through the work I do in, in film and entertainment, but it's just a part of me, you know, and I hope that how I conduct myself, you know, both personally and professionally just fights stigma in general. Right. Uh, I think we have a lot, I think we have a lot, a long way to go. I think that, you know, people have to be fearless when it comes to talking about this stuff. You know, people like Robert and yourself who lead the charge, you know, we follow you because we feel comforted by your leadership, you know, and it's, um, and if I have any of that in, you know, my day-to-day and how I move through the world, then I feel honored that, I, that, that people look at me in that light. Um, I certainly believe that, you know, you know, the whole notion of disclosure versus not, it's such an old issue for me personally, and I just, I, I mean, I'm grateful to be able to say that on record. You know, I don't, um, but, you know, it's, you know, I, I assume people know I'm talking on your show. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, here, and here and here it is, you know, 2010. And if that means that you know if I'm ruffling some feathers, then so be it. And and perhaps I need to still do that. You know, I think. Um, thankfully, I feel so comfortable that I don't, you know, I don't feel enshrouded in stigma. And if I can model that way of life and that way of work, then other people will, you know, will follow suit. I don't. I think you know, illness and life and death and all these difficult discussions are, are still so uneasy for all of us. And, and so it's anytime, you know, you want to put that into the conversation, there's always going to be people who step back and go, ooh, that's right. creepy. I don't, want, I don't want to talk about that, you know, at least not now or not in public or, you know. And um, I think it's, you know, it's, 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 but it's a constant, constant, you know, for me personally reaffirming that, you know, I'm doing the right thing. And I've had my share of personal health concerns, so I've made choices accordingly. You know, I, you know, I, I know that I'm doing the right thing, you know, and, and this is something, this is something of the, the choices I've made. I would never tell anyone to, you know, to do it the exact same way that I'm doing it. I don't, you know, I don't believe that everyone has to be a social action, you know, documentary filmmaker. <laughs> you, know, to be, you know, I mean, there's all different kinds of ways of, of being, a, you know, a creative professional. And I think, uh, we have to honor that, but um, but this is a path I've chosen for myself, and I know that it comes with some responsibility and some willingness to share and openness and all that. So, so I, you know, right. Mark, real quick, um, I want to open up the lines real quick and allow people to call in. Please, yeah, um, yeah. You guys can give us a call, Mark. If you have your speakers on, I don't know if you do, but I hear a little bit of an echo. If you can lower them, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just talking to you on my normal phone here. Okay. So then uh, if you guys are interested in giving us a call or speaking with Mark or you have a question, you can reach us at 347-215-9442. I do have a caller here on the line, so I'm going to go ahead and bring that caller on. Caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello? (laughs) 
<laughs> I wish I could hear that. That was that's not even. I, that sounded like a pocket call. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't get anything from that. Uh, that was area code eight four three. So if that person wants to call back, they can. Um, what can people do, Mark? Who um you know aren't in the San Francisco area? What can we do to help you who are not in the San Francisco area? <laughs> well, I, you know, um, one thing you can do, dear. I'm, I'm just going to put it out there and, and be bold. Is you know, if you if you like what you're hearing and you want to support us, we are a nonprofit, and you can make an online donation on our website. We do have sort of you know the whole PayPal functionality pathway, and you know, and I'm my message to your listeners who are out there is that. You know, this is one of those models where every dollar counts, you know, and, you know, I, I really like to remind people, and, I, and, and you can let me know what you think of what I'm about to say, that, you know, sure we want thousands of dollars, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars to make these, these you know, these, these short films and this robust website, build this organization, train these nonprofits, but, but I also like to remember, remind people that, that philanthropy in the United States is driven by people who make donations for under $100. So every dollar counts, and if you like what you're hearing and you want to, I mean, you could certainly, you know, I encourage you to follow us and chart our progress and, and, and see for yourself if this is the kind of organization or cause or storytelling project that you want to support. But we've developed this as a nonprofit because we want to be able to get individuals to, to uh, sign on with their support. And, you know, every, every donation at every level from a dollar to a million dollars is more than welcome. <laughs> and I think um, – but, it, but at the end of the day, you know, not-for-profit stuff is driven by people who write those $20 checks, those $50 checks. You know, every organization that we're all a member of or that we, you know, we decide, you know, I like what they're doing. I'm going to write that $25 check. And, and sure, we're grateful for those people who can write the $250 and, and $500 and 1000 and up and up and up. But, but sometimes people don't realize that when they're out there and they're listening, they think, well, how can I, how can I make a difference? Well, you know what? Your $15 does make a difference. Right. And what that 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 fifteen dollars times you know a hundred people times a thousand people you know it really does make a difference. We just saw that you know like like no other thing you know in history with Haiti you know and I feel like you know one of the things that I think is our special sauce with this project is that if you help us you know we're in turn going to be helping I think so many other HIV agencies out there both in San Francisco and beyond to do this kind of work in a special way, hopefully in a way that is ongoing and successful and, and, and can kind of keep, you know, storytelling within, within their, their programs and how they do what they do. You can't imagine people really learning and growing and getting, getting beyond stigma, you know, if, they, if there's not good storytelling happening, right? So I feel right. like... I have that, um, that caller back on the line. Let me bring them on. Area code 843. What's oh. your name? Where are you calling from? Hello? Hello? Oh. Hello? What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello? <laughs> I think that's Hi there. Hi. Okay, I don't hear anything, so we're going to go ahead and uh, forget about that. Another way that you can help if you're not in the San Francisco area, you can always um, retweet and repost on Facebook as well. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Twitter. And I And I encourage people, you know, to – to um, be in contact with us, you know, via our email address, which I'm, I'm happy to, um, you know, to sort of uh, spell out for you, but it's the HIV Story Project, so the entire name of the project, the HIV Story Project at gmail.com. And, you know, that's our project Gmail address. And, you know, people can let us know about nonprofits in their local area that they think could be, you know, well-suited for this kind of collaboration. Um, about filmmakers or film festivals or other media arts, you know, organizations that might be interested in learning more about how we're doing what we're doing. And, um, you know, I feel like there's, you know, each city has its own unique um, local film culture and community. And, and I encourage organizations out there to get to know each other and to watch how we're doing what we're doing. And maybe, who knows, maybe we can come to your city and do a training and or collaboration, um, you know, as part of how this project grows in the next year or two. Um, the long-term model really calls for collaboration, um, you know, and, and moving it around um, for, for the benefit in different cities. Can you uh, give us, like, a little of some of the films that are already being developed, like some little, some, I don't know how much you want to leak, but, uh, like, a synopsis of maybe some of the examples? 
Sure. So um, the, the, the films that are being shot this week, um, actually one is very much like in the spirit of a music video and is being shot in a local nightclub called The End Up here in San Francisco. Oh, my and God. I've spent, I've spent so many Sundays at The End Up. <laughs> I'm sure me and you, well, it's been a few years for me, but I, I, we were probably Oh, it was together. many, okay. many, many years ago. But, yeah, I went to Berkeley. I went to Berkeley. Oh, I had well, some good times at The End Up. <laughs> okay, well, I've been I've Sorry, been Sorry to, to digress. <laughs> okay, well, they, 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 we have no worries there. So we're actually the, the end up is welcoming us in, and we're going to be there. And it's a it's a sort of a music video of a of a local uh, performer slash singer dancer, and you know he's written an, an original song kind of about his experience around stigma and being rejected by HIV negative guys here in the San Francisco community. So that's it's gonna it's very metaphoric, has a lot of symbolism, and. It's going to be a very, very, you know, um, high production value looking sort of music video slash film. And then cool. the one that we're shooting on Thursday um, is actually, um, you know, it's, it's one of our more daring ones, actually. It's, um, it's coming, coming out of the S&M communities here in San Francisco. And there's a, a kind of performance artist slash um, dungeon slash trainer guy called Jorge Vieto who knows a lot about sort of best practices when it comes to S&M. And he's doing, and we're filming him doing what's called the Sundance Ritual. So this is, and for him, it's very much sort of a sacred act of, you know, performing that. And he's going to be doing it in front of his family. And and for him, you know, this this has been part of his process around kind of coming to terms with his own HIV status. And I think that will be very powerful. Wow. And then and then a few days later, we're shooting a story of a woman who's. Um, who's a straight woman who's African American who sings in a in a in a very AIDS positive um, uh, go, uh, gospel choir in Oakland. So you can just see the range, you know, kind of as we're moving wow. through these shorts. Um, all kinds of of stories. I think will, I, I see it very much as a panorama of experience, and and you know we're really we're really striving for that. And again, speaking you know on behalf of our nonprofits. You know, we've identified these people with their help because these are people who've come through their doors asking for services and assistance. All right. Well, I think it's a great thing that you're doing, Mark. And I, um, we're down to like the last thank two minutes, so, so I just want to thank you for coming on and and talking about your project because it's important. And I look forward to watching it grow and all the success coming your way. I look, I, I want to see it progress. So, um, you know, oh, come back on so. when everything's up and ready to go, and we can talk about it again. Thank you both so much. It's really been fun talking to you today, and I'm grateful for the support and for the outreach assistance and helping us get the word out and and uh, and keep watching. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Bye, Mark. Bye, Jack. <laughs> Bye, Robert. And remember, you guys can find more about Mark and the project at www.hivstoryproject.org, or you can follow them on Twitter or Facebook. Um, very interesting uh, project, isn't it? Oh, my God. I, I mean... I, the the research that I did doesn't really do justice to what the scope of it all. I mean, yeah, it just yeah. sounds like I mean, it, you know, they're just starting now, but the the vision just seems enormous. It, it sounds amazing. So very Crazy. exciting. Well, one of the things I did want to announce to the people listening is that um, if you are or live around the New York City area and will available Saturday, March twentieth, the producers of Logo and Logo TV Online would like to speak with you and possibly have you star in of the upcoming HIV and Me webisodes that you may have seen, um, the one that I was featured with um, Angina from RuPaul's Drag Race. They're creating more, so they're looking for some more people to share their story. So if you'd like to do that, you guys can contact me directly, and I will pass on the information to you. Um, you can contact me at robert at podlam.com. And don't forget to pick up uh, this month's issue of HIV+. Plus. You will see myself on the cover, and actually, uh, <laughs> and the center uh, one of our, yeah, <laughs> and, and Justin B. Smith, who um, from Justin HIV Journal, who's a blogger on Paz I M, and actually inside is also mentioned uh, positively Jonathan, who is Jonathan Shaw, who is another blogger on Paz I M. Uh, it's a big article about using you know networks and podcasts and different things to reach new um, you know HIVers. So I think it's really important, and why not have a picture of me, right? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Because straight up, someone asked me, "Is that your boyfriend?" <laughs> I'm like, "No, no, it's not. No, that's just, just my friend." But um, yeah, other than that, um, you guys can join us next week. We'll be speaking with Monique Monique Howe, who um, 
is an HIV-positive African-American woman who is going to talk about being pregnant and receiving a diagnosis just prior to knowing that she was pregnant and going wow. through that process of, you know, being pregnant and just being diagnosed and all the thoughts, you know, was she happy to be pregnant or upset to be diagnosed with HIV. So she's a really uh, interesting story coming up next week. And other than that, Jack, people can find you at jackmackinloff.com. Yeah, Facebook, and I guess I'm on Twitter again, all that crap. <laughs> and you can find more information on uh, me and the show at www.posim.com. Jack, you have a great week, and I right will on. talk to you in two weeks. Uh, right on, and I'll have I'll update you with Jeremy and what he's like. <laughs> yeah, all right, I'll see pictures. <laughs> all right, yeah, definitely, Facebook. All right, all right, man, have a good night.